0: Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. Wow. Look around yourselves. Look around. Look at the loveliness of this place. I'm, come on. I'm talking about the people. You guys are incredible. And there's a lot of you. Holy cow. I'm super excited. So, Come on. Hey, people that are, like, back toward behind the pillars, move close. Scoot in. Oh, oh, I want to see faces. You hide in the shadows. I can't see you. There we go. So, I know, we're going to just, how many of you ever have watched, like, a really intense sporting event, and it comes down to the end, and it's a tie game, and they have, what do they call that? Overtime, and it's, like, the best thing ever. Guess what? Sometimes we have overtime at church. And it's the best thing ever. Alright? I used to get really annoyed because I grew up in a Baptist church and if like the pastor was like three seconds past like eleven o'clock when he was supposed to be done, people would be like <laughs> It's like It's like, but if the football game goes long, you're like, Yeah, come on, like, please. I think God's got a little better little more to offer than a pig skin and a bunch of guys sweating in pads. I don't know. Whatever. Sorry to paint the picture, but that's how it works. So listen up. Last week, we had a whole bunch of them like crazy, all over the place things to share. Josh and I kind of tag teamed a whole bunch of stuff, and we mentioned this concept of a fast. Has anybody jumped in on this at all in the last week? Come on. I've heard people that are not eating food. They're doing just water. I've heard of people that have completely laid their phones down. For weeks, I'm hearing like crazy, like I'm eating just like fruits and vegetables, and I'm getting rid of all the sweets and all the extra. There's nothing super spiritual about it, except that you're giving yourself and your time and your affection to the Lord. Okay? So it isn't about like, oh, wow, they're doing the holy fast. No, it's like, I don't care what you give up. If you're not finding time with God in it, you're just starving yourself. If it isn't about finding a deeper place with God and sacrificing one thing for more of a greater thing, then just stop. It's just religion then. You're just like pastor told me to I'm supposed to. And and you'll sit there every day at lunch going, God, I'm hungry. Like, yeah, for something better. You really are. So I just want to encourage you. And again, I said, read Proverbs every day. If you're like, I just don't know. Like, start there. It's crazy. I'm doing it personally. I'm reading a proverb chapter a day. Literally seven to eight minutes. If you're a fast reader like most of you, probably are a lot faster than me. I'm a slow reader, okay? Four minutes. You'd be like through a chapter and then just absorb it all day long in your heart. Seriously. Crazy stuff. Get this one. This one's just to like stab you. (laughs) This was um, not yesterday. This was Monday. Listen up. Shh. Proverbs, I forget Proverbs five, yeah, it was Monday. It says at the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and your body are spent. That's pretty sad. This is an encouragement. You will say how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers, or turn my ear to my instructors. It's like these like little nuggets of moments. That bring this reality. I want to tell you if nobody's able to correct your life and where you're going and what you're doing you're missing. And you will discover later that you missed something and you'll go, crap. So I'm telling you, if you're like I am the supreme being of my life you have a problem. Okay? Like you've got to surround yourself with somebody who can go you're being an idiot. Literally. My older sister was that for me growing up. She'd just be like you're so stupid. She loved me, and I knew it, but it hurt. I was like, okay, she's right, okay? You have to have people like that. Do you understand? My wife is really good at that in love. Like, I have all kinds of issues, okay? I'm serious, and I'm not perfect at listening when she calls them out, but I'm learning, okay? I'm still like 15 years married. We got this. We're getting there, Okay? But listen to me, what I want to talk about tonight is the call that God, that Jesus, that the Christ, the Lord has put upon our lives. And I think it's like, I love just diving, diving back into the very simpleness of what's written in the Word of God to draw out the richness of what's really there, okay? I want to give you a history lesson really quick. Can we do this? This is a teaching I heard that was like an hour and a half teaching years and years ago, and I've like molded this over a million times, but essentially here's the deal, Some of you have heard me say this in years past. Jewish culture, the highest calling for any boy in the Jewish culture was to become a rabbi, okay? A teacher, a spiritual, like, teacher of the word, a teacher of the law, the whole thing, okay? So here's what this would be. Every, it was like NFL or NBA, pro sports for, like, America. It was like, if you get the scholarship to college, you know, if you become a rabbi, this was it. So throughout childhood, kids in the Jewish culture would learn the scriptures, They'd study them. They'd memorize them. And at different age points, like age seven, they had to have, like, the first five books of the Bible memorized. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then they would go, and they'd be tested by the rabbis. They'd go, hey, can you answer this? Can you answer this, 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 this? And if the kid could rattle it off, then they'd be like, okay, follow me. Be my disciple. And then at age 11, they would test them again, and they'd be like, hey, this and this and this. And at any point during this growing up process that they were deemed un fit to be a rabbi they were sent by the rabbis they were sent off they were said oh you didn't measure up you have not stayed the course you have not done enough go and learn your father's business that was the bye-bye okay so this was jewish culture and it was the highest point so every boy who went back and learned his father's business and that became his profession had missed the mark in some way shape or form and factor Because they didn't become a rabbi. Well, here's the deal. Jesus, while he did learn his father's business as he was growing up, he became a rabbi. What is he called throughout the entire New Testament? Rabbi. Oh, whoa, like this. So he actually had been through the system. He kind of wrote the books. It was pretty easy for him to pass the test. Do you get this? But he actually was and had achieved the status of a rabbi and was traveling around and beginning to teach in synagogues and temples and So his decision comes down then as he's walking around, and we see this happen on 12, well, about eight different occasions. He finds these dudes that are out and about doing what? Their father's business. He found some fishermen that had been axed from the program years ago, disqualified, set aside, not going to measure up. He found a couple tax collectors. Those guys were like the straight-up dropouts. They didn't even try. They just quit. They're like, "Now nah, I'm going to go get rich. And everybody hated the tax collectors. Jesus walks by a couple of these guys and says, hey, he said the words, and I don't know what they are in, um, in the Greek, in the original language or Aramaic, that Jesus would have spoke to these guys, but he said the phrase that a rabbi would say. It might have even been in Hebrew in those days. I don't know. It, Chandler's like, yeah, Ben, catch up, right? See, she's like, yeah, okay. So he would have said, come follow me be my disciple to the outcast to the unqualified to those who had been rejected and set aside he goes come so you think you're like okay it's a weird guy in a blue sash because that's of course what jesus had right white robe blue sash like a princess or something i don't know that's how we picture him you know walks by and he's like hey gentlemen follow me this wasn't like them going like, okay, I'm kind of bored. It was, like, uh, it was like being drafted as a walk-on to the NFL. It was like, I just, you know, here I am. They didn't even walk on. It would be like, pff, come, join. They like, and what did they do? It says over and over. I don't have time to go to all the scriptures, right? Jesus said, come, and I will make you to the fishermen. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. They're kind of like, I have no idea what that means. But they, what does it say they did? They dropped their nets, left it all behind, and followed Jesus. The tax collectors are sitting at their booth, Matthew and uh, Levi, two different times, okay? He walks by their little tax collector booths. They're hated. We could go into that for a long time. Everybody hates these guys. Jesus walks by and goes, Hey, would you like to be my disciple? They left their stack of money, they left their booth. They just got up, they're like, Yeah. There's nothing better than to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. It's it. And we in our American culture go like, yeah, I guess I'll do that on the side. Wednesdays, Sundays, that works. We have no concept uh, in this culture. I'm not saying you don't, but our culture totally lacks the reality of what it meant to follow a, a rabbi and be a disciple and there's expressions in the Jewish culture with this. As you follow your rabbi, it was an honor and a privilege to be known as a disciple who followed, to be covered by the dust of your rabbi. It was like, dude, how do you do that? How do you get covered by the dust of your rabbi? What? You walk really close behind him. Because when have you ever walked in dust and dirt with flip-flops? What comes off the back of every dang step? If it's not in your foot, it's like flipping back up your back of your calves. So these disciples literally would just be so like anywhere he goes. I'm tracking him. I'm staying in line. Wherever Jesus goes. This is like it was the high honor to be covered by the dust of your rabbi. To be transformed and act just like him. Live just like him. Think just like him. Jesus had 12 that we have been like that have been named. The disciples, the apostles, the but we know through, you, you read through all the Gospels and you pick up like there were hundreds of disciples of Jesus that he said, come, follow me. And we get all different responses. There's these guys that come, I want to be a follower of you. And Jesus says, all right, let's go. And the one guy goes, oh, I got to go bury my father. He just passed away. Jesus goes, let the dead bury the dead. Let's go. You're like, that's heartless, Jesus. He's gone, guess what? You know, and that does, it feels like you've got to be kidding me and there's probably cultural context that i can't dive into tonight but there was a reality that was like what are you waiting for you got the rich young ruler that comes to jesus i want to be your follower what what do i do and jesus says sell it all he was rich sell everything and give it to the poor jesus isn't into being poor but he knew that money had this guy's heart and he said you got to lay that down if you want to do what you're asking and the guy went away sad because money still had his heart He stood before the Son of God with an invitation to walk into the grandeur of what God is and did, and he could have walked every day with Jesus and watched the miracles and seen. We look back and go, like, what an idiot. But he just had a guy covered in dust asking him, yeah, sell everything. He's like, nah, I'm good. I got my thing. And he walked away sad, rich and sad. I fully believe with all my heart, had that man gone, absolutely, I'll be right back. He would have been so blessed with the multitudes of money beyond what he ever had by his own capacity prior to that moment. Because clearly there was an anointing on his life to gain wealth. That's from God. But if you don't give that back to God, you get what you get. You hand it to him, you get the double, you get the multiple, because you guess what happened? You know the story later on? There were a couple of guys named Peter and James in a boat fishing. Jesus walks by the lake. This was after they were disciples. They still fished. You know, they had to eat, right? And Jesus goes, hey, throw your nets over on the other side of the boat. They're like, come on, man. Like, they, they weren't perfect disciples, okay? They're like, we've been fishing all day, Jesus. Are you kidding me? This is a joke. He goes, just do it. They dropped their nets for Jesus long ago. And they draw, when they followed the rabbi and followed what he said, they threw the nets to the other side and had to call help out for other boats to get all the dang fish in the boat. You don't think God will bring an abundance on your life if you're willing to drop your dang net and let him take control? This is the call for your life right now. I know every one of you in your, in your mind is going, but what about soccer? What about, it's like, I dare you to lay it at the feet of God and let it. It's like, yeah, like Eric shared. It was Eric, right? The scripture, right? What is the greatest commandment? To love who? The Lord your God. I know. The Lord your God. The Lord means something. The Lord of your life can be anything. You have to decide if God is that position and place in your life. It's like to love the Lord your God. That's nice. I will love him forever. If you love him forever and never make him your Lord, you completely miss the first part of the commandment. It's true. And so there's a sacrifice that it takes. And Jesus goes, Anyone who's not willing to pick up their cross daily and follow me is not worthy of me. (laughs) It's like, Jesus, I thought you were nice. Oh, he's so nice but he's really serious and really like those disciples had no idea what they were walking into. They're like, yeah, we just want to be rabbis. And the next day he's like turning water into wine and everybody at the weddings excited. And then people start raising from the dead and lepers start getting cleansed. And they're like, so glad we gave up fishing. They still got to fish. Do you get this? What you lay before the Lord is not forever gone. But he'll, you'll never look back and go, oh, man, wish I would have kept playing soccer because those miracles are boring. Think, yeah. Do you get this? There are so many opportunities that you have. You're American kids, for crying out loud. You could lay down 150 hobbies and have 100 more available to you tomorrow. It's, I mean, come on. This is like the land of opportunity and I don't care what the media said. It says it's the greatest nation on planet earth because God has blessed it and has put his hand of favor upon it because we gave it to him in the first place. And God still continues to bless the land that we live in and I like love America. I love this country. I love the whole world but I will never be ashamed to say this country is incredible. The opportunity. But you know what? Sometimes a multitude of opportunity is called a multitude of idolatry. It's like you can idolize everything in every corner. I was reading Proverbs today, and it's, it's pretty sketchy, you know. If you've got impure thoughts, stay away from chapter 7. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. It talks about the wayward woman and the, the adulterer and the way that she leads The man right off the street to her house and gets all, oh, man. And you can take it literal or you can look a little deeper to the realities that we live in a culture that says, come on in. My husband's not here for a while. That's the culture. That's what you're looking at. Have you driven down the highway? Have you seen the billboards? Have you ever been on the Internet? Come on. Try this one. Try this. Whatever. Come join me in this. I've prepared a place. There's all this craziness, a spirit that's going on in our culture that says, come, let's go. Right into anything but what God has called you to do. And the devil's not totally an idiot. He knows he's losing, but he's working really hard to fight it. But God is, it's like, that's not the end deal. I'm not trying to be like, oh, just. Stay away. But I do want to say that you have been called. Jesus said, come, follow me. Be my disciples. Get dirty following me. Watch the wave of things that happen. And that is not just a new, like, early church thing that Jesus did. That was like the initial picture that he said. And then he said, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And wow. Because now the rabbi lives inside of you. And you don't just have to try to mimic something you just have to be what's inside you and it's like every piston in your body if you know engines is firing on all like like high potential turbo whatever high octane going nuts inside of you and the holy spirit has empowered it And you think you're good at something now. You're a musician and you're great at an instrument or you sing or you play sports or you're great at math or science or reading or writing. Come on. Like, guess what Jesus did with all the dropouts? He made them the authors of the number one bestseller in the entire world history. They were the school dropouts. And Jesus is like, I'm going to make you famous. He takes things that are not likely, that are not perfect, that are not clean. Some of you in this room, you're all rock stars in your own right. You're all incredible. You're not outcasts. But guess what? How many of us got issues? We all got, oh, wow, not alone. Yes, okay. Do you hear me? This is the call to your life, the invitation. I touched on it last week. It's kind of like, how many of you love inviting friends to your, like, birthday party? And their reply is, hey, I'll see if anything else comes up, but maybe. That sucks. Like, that is the word. You're like, I thought we were friends? (laughs) You'll come to my party if nothing better presents itself? But how often do we do that for Jesus? He's like, come on in. Let's walk this thing. And we're like, yeah, we'll see what the options are. (laughs) If I'm bored Wednesday night, I'll go. Like, the painting the heart of God that is like, come on, let's go party. Really, party. It's an invitation to something you will not regret and you won't look back on and go, man, I wish I would have got stoned that weekend instead of getting people saved and bodies healed and eyes opened. And my gosh, eternity's transformed for people's lives. Like, come on, we're going to Guatemala, we're going to another country with a bunch of us this summer. <laughs> Come on. I know you all could do something really, really spectacular with $2,000 if you just stayed home. You could probably go vacation to the beach all weekend. But we're going to go see people's lives transformed for eternity. And we're going to see people get healed. And we're going to see people get delivered. And I sure hope we see demons just like, wah, wah, get out. Like, go to the pigs. Come on. Like, hello. That's what Jesus did once to the demons, if you don't know that story. Okay. He was like, get out of the guy. Go to the pigs. The pigs ran off a cliff and drowned in the ocean. I want to see that crap. I'll use cats. Anyway. (laughs) Yes. Anyway. (laughs) I had to throw that in there. Zach, that was your moment. Okay. (laughs) I told him to try to pull a Clarence tonight from the Clarence that Garlington's keyboard player. I was like, dude. Throw down some fun stuff. But anyway. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Whoo! Anyway. He's, he's going to nail it here. Um, oh, I'm so totally serious and love to have an absolute blast with this reality in your minds. Because I'd never want this to come off like, oh my God, that's heavy. Cause, but it is. It's a really heavy reality because it will cost you Everything. Everything. To make God the Lord of your life, everything else has to go. But we don't just serve like this little G-God statue on the shelf that we like say funny prayers to. We serve a living God of abundance who says you gave it up. Let's see what I can do with that. He's a God of multiplying and abundance and more than you can handle. Test me in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven over you. That's the word of God. Test me. Try it out. I dare you. How many of you like a little competition in your world? Some of you are like, no, I don't like that at all. I just, you know. Well, guess what? You're in a war. I'm sorry if you don't like competition, but you better, like, get your sword out and get ready because you're under attack. You can do it nicely. but Slay those demons with beautiful strokes of your purple sword. Okay? You can just knock them out with pixie dust if you have to, okay? If you don't want to be violent. But come on, people. This is your invitation. So here, we're going to do something nuts and we're going to wrap up, okay? So I need everybody to stand up. We're going to do something kind of like cliche, if you will, but I need everybody to back up past the pillars. Back up behind the pillars. Just behind the pillars. Look at this. Pay attention. Don't disconnect. I have chalk on a pool stick. It's very prophetic. I have no idea what it means, but it's prophetic. Here we go. I'm drawing a line. Oh, it's very straight. What? One vacuuming will totally cover that thing. Come on. There's a line on the floor. If you can't see it yet, you'll see it when you get up here, if you so choose. But I do. Tonight, like, look, there's nothing like, there's no magical veil that's going to explode over your life when you step over the line. But let me tell you what a prophetic act is, is physically walking into something that your heart is spiritually doing. And here's the invitation. Jesus says, come, follow me. And I don't want a single one of you to step over this line and be like, I want to follow Ben as the Lord of my life. No, I'm not up here. Ignore me. I'm a mirage, okay? I want you in your heart tonight, if this is in you, if this is what your heart is saying, is come on, God, I'm willing to throw it all down. I'll give it up. I'll see. I'll put you to that test you called me to. I want to see if you'll open the floodgates of heaven. But as I told you when we got back from the fall retreat, it's going to come with warfare, no doubt about it. One of the stories in the New Testament when Jesus called some disciples and said, hey, come follow me. They were like, yeah, let's do this. They jump in a boat. Guess what happens? Jesus goes to sleep on a pillow and a giant storm comes on the boat and they all think they're going to die. And Jesus is asleep. This is right after he called them. He's like, come follow me. This will be really fun. He goes to sleep. They're sailors and fishermen and they're like, we're going to die. Like a big storm. Do you get this? And they shake Jesus awake. They're like, what are you doing? We're going to die. Jesus is like, oh, gosh. So he stands up, puts his arm out, and He goes, peace, be still. And the storm goes. Shh! And he's like, why did you guys have such little faith? He, like, yells at them. He's like, you idiots. I think that in Hebrew it sounds better. I don't know. It's probably nicer. But he did. He calls them out. He's like, why did you have so little faith? An hour ago you said I'll follow you anywhere. One little storm comes up and your faith went through the, through the ground. So I'm calling you to something. This isn't like, yeah, Wednesday night. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. This is not tonight. This is a moment and this is a beginning. You've heard me say it before a commitment to Jesus, like right now, is like a wedding. But guess what? A wedding doesn't keep you married. Living out a marriage keeps you married. Anybody can go to a wedding and come home with a ring and a bunch of gifts. But it takes grit and it takes commitment and it takes heart and it takes faith to stay married and walk out a marriage. The rest of your life is a marriage to the loving Heavenly Father. And He can heal you of all your misconceptions of what that father word means, if that's for some of you right now. He can heal that because He's not like that. He isn't that father picture that's been disrupted by our worldly way of doing crap. Do you understand me? He's calling you in. And he says, let's get married. It's not weird. It's spiritual. Come on. But you can step across this line tonight and have a wedding. Yeah, I did a commitment to Jesus. And frankly, you can walk away from it tomorrow. And Jesus doesn't, you know... The the rich guy walked away sad and Jesus didn't go, Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, just sell half of it and then come follow me. It's okay, please don't leave. Jesus, is like, it's gonna cost everything. It's a hundred percent in, not fifty, not when it's convenient, and not when nothing better comes up. This is the call that God has on your life. You're here for a reason. It's not like, I don't know, like And I see your faces and I see you all the time and you keep coming back because there's something special about this place. So there's something in your heart that's tugging and the Holy Spirit's at work week after week after week because frankly if you weren't interested you wouldn't be here again. So how about a surrender to what God's trying to get in and say yeah RSVP I'll be there even if something else comes up. Come on, this isn't a church commitment. You don't have to be here on Wednesday night to follow Jesus. You don't. It might be part of your game. It might be part of your walk. It might be part of the thing, but you better go somewhere where you're getting fed. Does that make sense? So we're going to do this. I keep talking. I know it's long, but overtime. yes, all right? So what I want you to do when you're ready for this, if this is really in your heart and you're like, yes, come on, I'm throwing it down right here Right now tonight, I want you to come up. If you're like first ones up, come right up to the stage, and I want you on your knees. I don't want just like okay. I want you to humble your heart and go like God. Whatever is strong about me, whatever's powerful in me, I'm done being in control. Because I want to love you, but not just love you because it's convenient. I want to love you because you're the Lord of my whole everything, and I promise you He'll bless it. I promise anything you lay down on this thing tonight, whatever it costs you, God's going to go, I see it, I love it, and I'm going to bless it. More than you can imagine. It might not be by tomorrow. For some of you, it will. That's like, I don't get it. It's not fair, whatever, but he's always right. So come on. I want you to pray for a few minutes. Just close your eyes. I want you to really do this business in your heart first because walking over a crooked chalk line on a carpet, yeah. But do something in your heart right now. Talk to him. Even say the stuff. List the stuff. God, this is something I've got to give you right now. This is what you're worthy of. Hmm. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me daily. That was before he went to the cross. I don't even think they knew what that meant. They were like, okay, whatever that means. Like, he knew what was going on. And I tell you, the parts you don't understand right now, he does. So, yes, part of it's blind faith. Like, what am I doing? Jesus says, you're following me because I'm good. And I guarantee it will be worth the journey. come on as you're ready I just want you to respond to the invitation it's Jesus it's not me he's saying come follow me be my disciples drop your stuff at the line and get up here and just spend the time before the Lord and talk to him come on when it's real in your heart say I'm done I'm dropping it leave everything back there Come on. Come on. Come on. Scoot up a little bit. We need room for everybody that wants to get in front of that line. Come on. Scoot up, get cozy. We won't stay here forever, so if it's awkward, it's okay. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. These are two things I wrote down that I just want to declare over you right now. I wrote right here it's the call of Jesus that makes us worthy. It is the call of Jesus that made his discipleship or his disciples worthy of the call. They didn't do anything to become worthy, to be qualified, to follow the Son of God and do. The things that he did and follow in his ways. So it's his call on our life that qualifies us. But it's our yes that walks it out every day. So this looks like something. This looks like a life transformed. If there's stuff in your life that has to get cut off, it's a walking out by saying yes every day, not saying no. It's not about, no, I can't do that anymore. No, I can't do that anymore. It is a every morning, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me. Yes, 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 yes. Because the two commandments that Jesus gave are love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. There was not a single no in the great commandments that Jesus gave his people. It is all about yes. It is all about loving It is all about more of him and less of yourself. And he'll replace the self with a better version of you than you could ever produce. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, God. So come on, we're going to end this powerfully because this is a place of giving. I want you to stand up now as disciples. Come on. Stand up as followers of Jesus Christ. Put your hands up. Come on. We're leading something here, guys. Jesus people movement. Blow the lid off it. Whatever you want to word it, phrase it. You're leading something. You're leading your friends and your family to the face of God that you are meeting with. So come on. Let's give up a giant shout. Just I want to do a big yes. Let's do a big yes. All right? On three. One, two, three. Yes! Come on. Jesus, thank you. We love you, God, and we thank you for the call. We thank you for the response of these young hearts, God, and we pray you'd empower them by your Holy Spirit this week. God, that they would not be just barely making it, but fully empowered by the God of heaven. We bless them and we send them out with your angels at every side, God, to guard and protect their hearts and to reveal the things of heaven that they are assigned to bring. They are assigned to bring your kingdom into their world tomorrow and the next day and the next day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. We love you guys. Get prayer before you leave. Grab a leader. It's like so good. You guys are incredible. I love you. Have a good night. We'll see you. Next week. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.